0: Thank you. That whistle and obviously the uh, opening theme song. You know what time it is. Another edition of Outlaws and Gunslingers. This one is a very special one, as it is a uh, the first in a four-part series all about Wyatt Earp himself. Wyatt Earp himself. We are. This is our 16th episode of Outlaws and Gunslingers. It took us 16. I don't know, 16 episodes. I looked it up today. Hey, I was like, how many, how many have we done? I said, like, holy shit, we done fucking 16 fucking... Well, this would be our 16th episode of Outlaws and Gunslingers so far. Uh,
1: well, how many uh, separate? It'd be about, then it would be about 10.
0: Separate. We only did part twos for Billy the Kid and um, Little Bighorns. was it. Mm, well, then, whatever. Time flies, boys and girls. So, yeah, we're on our 16th one, and it took us 16 episodes, 16 weeks. To get to Wyatt Earp, we held off. To get where you
1: guys wanted to be.
0: (laughs) We held off long enough. Now, the next month, will be dedicated to the man himself. The most famous, famous figure in all of the Wild West. Clint Eastwood. (laughs) Sorry, wasn't that Clint Eastwood? No, well. John Wayne. Maybe the famous actor. No, it's not John Wayne. But Wyatt Earp is probably the best-known figure in all of Wild West history. His incredible patience and resolute manner enabled him to survive and win many gunfights in his lifetime. Perhaps best known for the shootout at the OK Corral and the ensuing Earp Vendetta ride, Earp was a man of many talents. In addition to being a lawman virtually everywhere he went, he was also a buffalo, buffler? <laughs> he was also a buffalo hunter, a car dealer, a stagecoach driver, a saloon owner, and much, much more throughout his lifetime. Join us as we embark on an incredible, incredible, incredible parked series spanning from the beginning of his life all the way to the end. By the time we are done, you will see what we are going to see and what we already know. Why he still remains the most popular figure in the history of the Wild. I mean, West.
1: there's multiple, multiple, multiple movies, TV series, uh, movie credits. Um, it's it's all over the place, but Wilder, guys, he's mentioned everywhere. You can even, you. there's no end.
0: Outside of Billy the Kid, well, second, I mean, I would say it's Billy the Kid's second to him, but okay. him and Billy the Kid are probably the most portrayed fucking Wild West figures in, ever.
1: <sighs> it's crazy. Well, Wyatt Barry Stapp Earp was born on March 19, 1848, the fourth child of Nicholas Porter Earp and his second wife, Virginia Ann Kukski. He was named after his father's commanding officer in the Mexican-American War, Captain Wyatt Barry Stapp, of the second company, Illinois Mounted Volunteers. Damn, he, so, really, he really admired his captain. Right, huh? so this guy must have been like a fucking like, like a father figure. Right, dude. It's ridiculous. Usually, it. usually, back then, dude, you always had your, your, your kids with your family name. And he decided not to. I mean, he gave, obviously, the last name. But, obviously, everything else was what's Barry. Where would Barry coming from him? That was, His name was Wyatt name Barry, Barry, Stapp. Barry Stapp. So, he named Wyatt Barry Stapp Earp. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, I get that. Um, some evidence supports Wyatt Earp's birthplace as uh, 406 South 3rd Street in Monmouth, Illinois. Uh, which, I mean, it still hasn't proven yet, though. Though the street address is disputed by Monmouth College professor and historian William Urban, uh, White had seven full siblings James Earp, Virgil Earp, Martha Earp, Morgan Earp, Baxter Warren Earp, Virginia Earp, and Adelia Earp. Adelia? Adelia.
0: Could be.
1: Uh, as well as an elder half brother, Newton. From his father's first marriage, which we don't know much about Newton. I've never really heard anything about well, Newton. you're going to hear
0: a little bit about him. And in, uh, I never really heard much about.
1: Or. never much about, uh, much, I've never or, heard much about uh, his sisters. Or right. William.
0: Or Baxter Warren. I mean, yeah. No yeah. <laughs>
1: Sorry. I was looking at William Urban. I haven't really. N- n- nothing about uh, Newton um, uh, or uh, Baxter.
0: Where uh, you're gonna hear nothing, or Martha? About...
1: I really never heard much about Martha either. His
0: sister, you're gonna hear nothing always about his brothers. You're gonna hear nothing about Baxter, Virginia, or Adelia, and you're gonna hear a little bit about Newton. Okay, so you're gonna hear a little bit about Martha too. All right, because in uh, March of 1849 or in early 1850. Nicholas Earp joined about 100 other people in a plan to relocate to San Bernardino County in California. Ooh,
1: that's a bad county nowadays. They intended to buy If farms. they would have known where they were going, right?
0: <laughs> well, it wasn't like that. I'm saying, if
1: they would have known nowadays what San
0: Bernardino would be like, they're like, well, we ain't going there. I ain't going there. Well, That's just 150 miles west of Monmouth on the Well, just 150 miles west of Monmouth on the journey, their daughter Martha became ill. The family stopped, and Nicholas bought a know. new 160-acre farm seven miles northeast of Pella, Iowa. Martha died there on May 26, 1850. Wait, so they
1: stopped and was like, fuck it, we're just going to buy this land. Martha's sick, man. We can't right. go no further. Right.
0: She ended up dying about At a what year age? later.
1: You don't give her no age? I don't
0: know. She's probably
1: 20-something. Oh, that sucks. How was it 20-something? How
0: would you know that? So he was born in 48. She died in 56, so she couldn't have been that much older. She could have been 11. She was the third oldest. Yeah. I'm sure she was young, but I don't know. She's
1: probably like fucking ten. Oh man. That sucks. Fucking sucks.
0: That <laughs> sucks, man. Yeah, so they had to stop. Their plan to go to California was on hold.
1: That's ridiculous. Well Nicholas and Virginia Earp's last child, Adelia, was born in June of eighteen sixty one and Pella. Uh, Pella, what? Iowa. Pella, Iowa. Uh, Newton, James, and Virgil joined the Union Army on the eleventh of November in eighteen sixty-one. I like, had no
0: idea that Virgil was in the army.
1: They're like, Pa, we can't just, we can't allow this shit. We, we got to do something. They're like, Are you sure? We just lost your sister. We can't, can't, we can't lose all three of you boys. They're like, We got it, we got it,
0: pops. We lost our sister five years ago. <laughs>
1: we got it, and they're like, Well, you go ahead and do what you got to do. Well, during that time, the father was busy recruiting and drilling uh, local companies. Why were they drilling? What was he drilling local companies for? (laughs) That's what I'd like to know. What is he he drilling?
0: Well, anyway. uh, His dad was a fucking military man. What do you think drilling means? Oh, so he
1: was, yeah, so he was fucking... uh, He was fucking getting fucking youngins ready to go. He was getting little 15, 16, 17-year-olds ready to fucking battle. Um, So Wyatt and his two younger brothers, Morgan and Warren, were left in charge of tending 80 acres of corn. (laughs) Wyatt was only 13 years old, too young to enlist, but he tried on several, several occasions to run away and join the army. He was like, fuck that, I gotta go. I gotta go, and they're like, "No, go he's back like, home."
0: He's like the kid from uh, uh, War of Worlds,
1: right? They're like, "Fuck that, go back home." So he sent back Robbie. Home. Robbie, no.
0: Yeah, eh, eh.
1: each time his father found him and brought him home. I mean, he said, like, "Damn like, it, Wyatt! You can't go. I need you to tend to the corn." Right. Well, James was severely wounded in Fred- Frederickstown, Missouri, and returned home in the summer of eighteen sixty-three. So, so uh, James got lucky. And he got to return home before the war was over. Uh, did it say severely wounded or wounded? Severely wounded. He was severely wounded. Severely. In Fred- and in Missouri. So this motherfucker was miles and miles
0: and miles and, and miles. Missouri's not that far off from Iowa. Missouri's as far from Iowa? Not really. It's like a state over. It's like a three-day ride. <laughs> We're not going to get into the time it takes to ride a fucking horse again. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Nicholas, Nicholas Earp organized a wagon train and headed to San Bernardino, California, arriving on December 17th of 1863. Along the way, Wyatt was given his first weapon, a combination shotgun and rifle, to help protect the family against attacking Indians. Well, young Wyatt soon acquired a six-gun and practiced every day becoming a deadly marksman. Had
1: to. Had to. N-
0: had to. Right. Newton and Virgil fought several battles in the East and later followed the family to California. By late summer 1865, Virgil found work as a driver for Phineas Banning's stagecoach So stage late summer of
1: 1865, war is over.
0: Yep. They're already done. Right. Served what they could do. Served right. four years.
1: Done, over with.
0: Well, Virgil found work as a driver for Phineas Banning's stagecoach line in California's Imperial Valley, and 16-year-old Wyatt assisted. In spring of 1866, Wyatt became a teamster transporting cargo for Chris oh, Taylor. No. From 1866 to 68, he drove carvo, carvo, cargo over 720 miles of wagon road from Wilmington through San Bernardino, then Las Vegas, Nevada, to Salt Lake City, Utah, Territory. So he was
1: just basically all over that little Death belly, um
0: All over the California, fucking California, uh, Nevada, all basically. that shit right
1: there, Arizona. Yeah. He was everywhere.
0: Yeah. So that's cool. Making money. Right. At a young age. 16. Right. 17, and- 18. 16, 17, 18, maybe 19. Right, up there. Well, in uh,
1: 1869, later in 1869, uh, uh, Wyatt courted 20-year-old. Excuse me? Huh? What?
0: You're clearly at the one that's on top.
1: Oh, sorry, guys. I got a little (laughs) ahead of myself. Well, in the spring of 1868... (laughs) Uh, Wyatt was hired to transport supplies needed to build the Union Pacific Railroad. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows the Union Pacific
0: Railroad. If not, we'll have an episode.
1: <laughs> also, in the spring of 1868, the Herbs moved east again. They're like, you know like, what? Fox the West ain't California right. Life, uh, let's move east. They went to uh, Lamar, Missouri, uh, where Wyatt's father Nicholas became the local constable. They're like, we're gonna go here. They offered me a great, 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 great position to be the constable there, Dad dad, <laughs> dad. <laughs> be there and they're like are you sure dad and they're like this you don't question me sons we gotta go sons
0: and daughters
1: no there was no, there were no daughters they died not only
0: totally one of them
1: well she don't count <laughs> <laughs> where Wyatt's father Nicholas became the local constable yeah. Wyatt rejoined the family the next year well,
0: he stayed and was still driving like, his shit
1: he's like dad I, got, I gotta I got fulfill my duties you always told me never quit
0: he's like you're right son we'll you're be right. in Lamar in Missouri when you're done
1: right uh, he learned gambling and boxing while working on the rail head in the Wyoming territory so he learned a lot of shit I mean this guy is like learning to being a, a, a man right Basically,
0: he was born and so he's only 20, 20 uh, twenty-one. He's
1: twenty-one and he's learning, learning all that shit. And he's learning to be a man.
0: He wanted to go off to war
1: at sixteen. He wanted to do this 13. at thirteen. He wanted to do this. He wanted to do that, but dad said, "No, you got to farm. You got to stay here. We got we got responsibilities right. at home. You got boy. responsibilities." You got responsibilities. Responsibilities. Well, well, the family took off and went to fucking Missouri because they're like, "This is this ain't right. We got to go." No, we don't. We,
0: well, I got a strong sense of feeling in the next hundred and fifty years or so, <laughs> this state ain't gonna be no good. Ain't right. <laughs> anyway, gotta we get out of Missouri. <laughs> Missouri's
1: there's nothing bad about Missouri. We gotta go. <laughs> and well, I was like, "Well, I gotta stay here for at least a little about another year or so." Well, he learned gambling and boxing while working on a railhead in the Wyoming Territory. He developed a reputation officiating boxing matches. He was a fucking referee. <laughs> right. He wasn't that good as a boxer. He was like, well, I can I can, I can, can ref matches. And they're like, all right. <laughs> all right. And, uh, he, and
0: he referred a fight between... <laughs> oh. <laughs> he referred a fight. <laughs> well,
1: this guy was like a, He was a pretty good fucking referee. And he was like, well, you're not a good boxer, but you're... You know the rules and stuff so uh, how about this will you take this job he was like yeah i will and he, and he refereed a fight between john chancy and professor mike uh, donovan so a classy, professor
0: classy ass motherfuckers having right? a fight right so this so.
1: motherfucker was like yeah he was like, hold on <laughs> he's like uh, let me take my monocle wait, out when's <laughs> when this fight well, i got a class at like an hour before that can, I, can, 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 <laughs> can, you, can you wait a little bit afterwards like, right. He's like,
0: don't don't punch my face too <laughs> hard. My students make fun <laughs> of me. <laughs> <a> Clash tomorrow.
1: <laughs> well, on July fourth, that was on July fourth, eighteen sixty nine, where mm-hmm. he refereed that fight between John Chancey and Professor Mike Donovan, in Cheyenne, Wyoming. He went to Wyoming to do that, so he was like fucking traveling all over with the boxing, the WBC. Clearly
0: he learned gambling and boxing while in Wyoming Territory. Hey, Wyoming Territory,
1: Wyoming Territory was bigger than Wyoming. And <laughs> <laughs> well, well, in front of three thousand spectators, yeah, that fight happened, and he got to be a referee of that. Well, uh, Nicholas resigned as a constable. His daddy resigned as a constable on November seventeenth, eighteen sixty-nine, to become the justice of the peace. The he was like, "Fuck this! I want to become justice of the peace." And uh, why appoint a constable in his place? He's like, "Well, dad, can I take your spot?"
0: He's like, "Sure." He was like, "Why
1: not?" He asked the mayor, he was like, is that all right? He was like, he's
0: like, I don't care, man. <laughs> Saves me. <laughs> Saves me to fucking. Like, We don't have to do that. Just put him in.
1: So Wyatt took over as constable in his place after doing his little refereeing
0: and boxing. All and, that shit. And
1: all of his other bullshit. He did his shit. And he's they, only. He did his shit that he wanted to do, right? Lived a life.
0: And he was still only 21. He's only 22, 22. 22 now. 21. 20, 20. He was probably 20. He was born in 48. This is 69, so
1: right. he's 21. He's 21, 20, 21 22 years old. Uh, family moves out of the West. He gets left behind. He gets to fucking, uh, gets
0: to see... Everything.
1: Everything that he wanted to see besides Moita. of... I mean, yeah. I'm sure he's seen Moita. Well, But between, besides Moida of war, which he wanted to see at the age of 13, he didn't get to see that, no. which I'm glad he didn't. Well,
0: who are you? He <laughs> was <you>, guardian. <laughs> I'm so glad why I never got to see that the atrocities it really, of war. It,
1: it, it, it really would have turned his life around.
0: You think it's so? Too bad. Well, it didn't do anything to Virgil. Well,
1: well, we all know what happened to Virgil.
0: It's <laughs> not because <laughs> of the war. In and, and, uh, late 1869, Earp courted 20-year-old Urilla Sutherland, who was the daughter of William and Permelia Sutherland, who operated the Exchange Hotel in Lamar. They were married by Earp's father on January tenth, eighteen seventy. Wyatt, Is that, I wonder
1: if that's uh, 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 Donald and Kiefer's uh, uh, relatives. I doubt
0: it. Maybe. What do you mean? I mean there's only so many Sutherlands probably right, out there, huh? Right. Wyatt bought a lot on the outskirts of town for fifty dollars, where he built a house in eighteen seventy, August eighteen seventy. However, their time together was to be brief when Urilla oh, died within a year of their marriage. What? Historical facts vary as to the cause of her death. Some saying she died in childbirth, while others indicated that she died of typhoid fever. Oh, no. In November, Earp sold the lot and house for $75. Damn. He ran against his elder half-brother, Newton, for the office of constable and won by 137 votes in Newton's 108. But their father ended up losing the election for justice of the peace justice of the peace in a very close four-way race oh, hey. so look at Earp going up against his fucking kinfolk and right. winning re-election and Boy, shit well it's crazy
1: Earp went through a downward spiral after Orella's death and he had a series of legal problems that he just couldn't I, I guarantee he was like drinking he was just he didn't well, give I mean, a fuck everybody he was didn't, drinking he didn't know what the fuck was going on he lost his old lady he lost he had to sell his farm his daddy didn't get his fucking uh, reelection. <laughs> he beat his half brother. He, uh, uh, he was at odds. He couldn't go to Thanksgiving dinner. He had to sit at the kiddie's table. <laughs> 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 On the fourteenth of March of eighteen seventy-one, Barton County, Missouri, filed a lawsuit against him and his Um uh He was he was in charge of collecting license fees for Lamar, which funded local schools and he was accused of failing to turn them in. So this basically, basically they're saying is, you went out and got all these license fees for the school, but you kept them for yourself. You
0: kept the, well, you kept the money. Right.
1: Right. Uh, well, on the 31st of March uh, in 1871, James Cromwell filed a lawsuit against Wyatt Earp alleging that he had falsified court documents concerning the amount of money that he had collected from the Cromwell to satisfy a judgment, well, was there any truth upon that? What see, do I like no. You see it? Well, the court seized Cromwell's mowing machine and sold it for thirty-eight dollars to make up the difference between what Erp uh, turned in and what, Crown, uh, what uh, Cromwell owed. So basically, they just went with what what the fuck? Um, they just went with uh, what uh, Cromwell said, right?
0: Well, that and uh, there's like you know what that and fucking for some reason they seized Cromwell fucking filed the lawsuit against right. Erp, but they seized Cromwell's tractor <laughs> his mowing machine
1: right and so it's $38 to make up difference between what Earp turned in so
0: Earp turned in some money
1: and what Cromwell owed don't make no sense Cromwell filed the, the because lawsuit because he worked for
0: Cromwell Cromwell.
1: Well, Cromwell filed a lawsuit. Okay, so they held him responsible. Right. right. All right. So Cromwell's suit claimed that Earp owed him $75, uh, which is an estimated value of the machine. Okay. I get it. So, sir, they're alleging that Wyatt Earp was corrupt.
0: But it was on Cromwell. But it was on Cromwell. He owed the, he owed the money right. Like, technically. Right. So, I get it. I get yeah. it. I get it. Look at fucking Wyatt being a little sneaky bastard. Right. right. Earp. Edward Kennedy and John Schoen were charged with stealing two horses on March 28, 1871, from William Keyes while in the Indian country. Uh, each of the each of the value of a hundred dollars. On April 6, deputy. Wait.
1: So you're telling me a horse cost was a value at a hundred dollars each, while this tractor only cost seventy five dollars.
0: Horses are far more valuable. Horses, right. horses are like vehicles. Yeah, I'm thinking
1: of a tractor back now. Back back nowadays, not back then. A tractor right. was just a piece of metal pulled behind a horse. Okay. Move on. It was a mowing machine. It wasn't yeah. even a tractor.
0: Basically. It was probably blades those, that spun.
1: Yeah. It was a real.
0: A mowing machine. A real. <laughs> R-E-E-L. R-E-E-L. Right. I get it. A mowing machine. Right. On April 6th, Deputy U.S. Marshal J.G. Owens arrested Earp for the horse theft and Commissioner James Churchill arraigned him on April 14th and set bail at $500. Damn. On May 15th, uh, an indictment was issued against Earp, Kennedy, and Schoen. John Schoen's wife, Anna, claimed that Earp Kennedy got her husband drunk and then threatened his life oh, no. to persuade him to help. On June 5th, Kennedy was acquitted while the case remained against Earp Shone. Schoen. Hmm. Paying his bail, Wyatt fled before the case ever came to trial.
1: Right, so he was still He was a wounded man.
0: man. He was a
1: wounded man. He fucking left. Well, in 1871, Wyatt met with Wild Bill Hickok in Kansas City, uh, along with other Western legends, including Buffalo Bill Cody, Jack Gallagher and Billy Dixon. Wyatt would later say of Wild Bill Hickok: "Bill Hickok was regarded as the deadliest pistol shot alive, as well as being a man of great courage." The truth of certain stories of Bill's achievements may have been open to debate, but he had earned the respect paid to him. I mean, that's that's what I I mean that's consistent to whatever you hear about Wild Bill. Uh, Wild Bill helped Wyatt to become a better buffalo hunter. Uh, where Wyatt met Bet Masterson on the open Kansas prairie. And I bet I know what happened with those two. Her name's Bat Bat Masterson. A guy or a girl? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on here.
0: Bat Masterson is a guy. Oh no,
1: I I don't. I won't bet what happened with those two. <laughs> well, you never know. It was the Wild West. <laughs> Shit got wild.
0: <laughs> Earp was listed in the Peoria city directory during 18, during 1872 as a resident in the home of Jane Haspel, okay. although Stewart N. Lake took notes of a conversation with Earp years later in which Earp claimed that he'd been hunting buffalo during the winter of
1: 1871
0: to seventy two. right Peoria, Peoria police raided Haspel's home in February of 1872, arresting four women, mm. Wyatt and Morgan Earp oh, and man. George Randall. The men were charged with keeping and being found in a house of ill fame Oh no! and later fined $20-plus in cost. Mm, That's fine. Uh, Both Earps were arrested for the same crime again on May 11th, and each was fined (laughs) $44.55. Oh, damn. The Peoria Daily National Democrat reported that Earp had been arrested once more on September 10th, 1872, and this time he was aboard a floating brothel that he owned named the Beardstown Gunboat. A prostitute named Sally Heckle was arrested with him. And she called him. She called herself his wife. She was likely the 16-year-old daughter of Jane Haskell. Really, damn.
1: Okay, so we're getting on some shit here.
0: <laughs> well, That's shit they didn't show you in that four-hour-long fucking right. uh, Wyatt Earp movie, did yeah, right?
1: so we're getting on some shit here. Well, the newspaper wrote about the incident, saying some of the women are said to be good-looking, but all appear to be terribly depraved.
0: Doesn't <laughs> I mean they nasty,
1: right? John Walton, the skipper of the boat, and uh, and Wyatt Earp the Peoria Bummer. Peoria. Peoria. Peoria Bummer. We're each fine, $43.15. Sarah Earp, alias Sally Heckle, calls herself the wife of Wyatt Earp. Well, by calling Earp the Peoria Bummer, the newspaper was putting him in a class of uh, contempt, contemptible loafers who Im- impose on hard-working citizens. So, he was a... He was like a fucking uh, lowlife that was fucking trying to take advantage of fucking hard work and fucking Taking money, man. Right. They said he was a beggar and worse than tramps. <laughs> wow. damn! You call a man worse than a, worse than a Ooh, tramp.
0: Those, those is fighting words. Right
1: back then it was. Uh, they were they were men of poor character who were chronic lawbreakers and pure Peoria constables probably consider him to be a pimp. <laughs> So this motherfucker was a pimp.
0: Pimping bitches out. Damn. Well, fucking Wyatt Earp in August 1873. Uh, Wyatt was in Ellsworth, Kansas. It was here that the Earp legend began. This mm. is where it begins, folks. Okay. Ellsworth, a railhead where huge herds of cattle were driven this north from Texas. This is when he turned his life around? Well, well, not, Hopefully. Maybe not around. but <laughs> Maybe not around. The Ellsworth uh, was north. Ellsworth was a railhead where huge herds of cattle were driven north from Texas. They were, it was wild with drunken cowboys, two right. of which were Billy and Ben Thompson, right. lethal gunmen who would rather resort to gunplay than talk out an argument. I mean,
1: that's what mostly
0: everybody yeah, back I mean, then, right? right? Why had heard of the two killers and chose not to play at the same game in Tamos mm. with the unpredictable men. He's like, fuck these. He's like, I ain't, I ain't down They're for that. They're quick to pull their pistol out for some right. dumb shit. Right. But before long, he got caught up with them on August fifteenth, 1873. While Earp was standing across the street from Brennan's Saloon, he heard the sounds of an argument coming from the gambling house. The Thompsons had started a dispute with two other gamblers named John Sterling and Jack Morco, a local local lawman. The disturbance soon brought Sheriff Chauncey B. Whitney and two deputies. Chauncey b b b b b b b b b b
1: b Thompsons, b b b uh, guns are blazing like, Ba-do, ba-do, ba-do. That's terrible shots. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you shooting at? But but Ben Thompson drove them off with a volley of shots. He's like, oh, yeah, how about this? Ba-do, 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 ba-do. Then Billy Thompson, a homicidal, a homicidal, homicidal maniac uh, and a hopeless alcoholic. <laughs> He's just a hopeless alcoholic.
0: Homicidal and fucking hopeless. He was a
1: homicidal and he was a fucking hopeless alcoholic. He turned his gun on Sheriff Whitney, who prior to this has been a uh, drinking companion and friend to the two brothers. Aww. He was like, now, nah, damn it here. Those sons of bitches, you got to pay for their fucking shit. Well, at Point Blake Range, he shot the sheriff down. Shot he was like, down. you're going to pay. And he paid. All right. And Wyatt was first. He was first to watch this shit. He, <laughs> he was wasn't like, the
0: first. Well, oh. he wasn't the first to watch it.
1: Well, Wyatt at first, he was like, oh, shit, I'm going to watch what's going on here. <laughs> I'm going to watch this shit. And I'm not going to interfere, uh, as he saw uh, Ellsworth Mayor James Miller enter the saloon and demand that Thompson surrender his guns. He was like, I'm, I'm going to let the mayor ch- check it out here. See what the,
0: we'll see what happens here.
1: Let's see what happens. Well, when Thompson refused, Miller went in search of Whitney's deputies, who had uh, who had inexplicably disappeared from the scene after the sheriff was shot. Well, Those
0: motherfuckers took off and ran right, like some little bitches. Right.
1: So like, so he went in there afterwards, and he was like, oh, "What's this, up? I, was like, I don't know what you're talking about, what are you talking about? Well, Where's about? all
0: these? Wyatt's fucking sheriff Whitney dead with a gunshot head, right? Gunshot head. <laughs> he was like, "I don't even gunshot have no guns." Wound do with that. I don't even got no guns? He's like, "You're lying." I see the smoke still coming from your <laughs> from your fucking uh, right your uh, holster there, right? Well, dismayed when Wyatt spotted the two deputies cowering on the sidelines, he remarked to the passing Mayor Miller. It's none of my business, but if it was me, I'd get me a gun and arrest Ben Thompson or kill him. Right. Miller then tore the badge off of Deputy Norton's chest and, walking back to Herb, said, "I'll make it your business." Oh damn. Well, Wyatt watched, stunned, as Ben Thompson swaggered out of the saloon and mounted his horse. As Brother Ben waved him goodbye. Bye, brother. Hey, <laughs> goodbye, C. brother. See you later, bud. <laughs> he said, "Have a good one." Yeah. And Wyatt says, "What kind of fucking town is this?" All right. All right. He said that to the deputies and the mayor, who now stood meekly across the square. They're like, "I don't want part of this no more."
1: He's like, "I don't know. It's your problem now." <laughs> I gave you, the, I gave you that badge, <laughs> right? Right. And he's it's like, "What problem? The fuck." Well, borrowing borrowing a pair of six shooters, he followed Ben Thompson, who was now about a block away. What's not very far. Uh, when he caught up with them, he demanded that Thompson throw it He said, "Throw down your gun, Thompson." Well, Thompson, uh, who knew Erp. Complied. He said, why? I'll, I'll comply. I'll throw it out of my gun. As
0: long as you march me down to jail. <laughs>
1: right. He was like, just don't kill me. He was like, I'm going to march you down to jail. And Ben was like, all right. <laughs> uh, he, he said, as long as you only find me $25. That's the fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's what it is. Uh, that's the fine for disturbing the peace. And a warrant for murder was issued for his brother Bill. He's Ooh. like, well, I'm going to find you 25 bucks, but your brother... He's going to be having a warrant for murder.
0: He's probably about to be hanged. Right. And he was like, well,
1: (laughs) (laughs) here's 25 bucks. Do what you got to do. So so impressed was uh, uh, Mayor Miller that he offered Wyatt the job of town marshal at $125 a month. That's a lot of money. Right. And Wyatt's like, "Mm," he's like, man, you guys couldn't even handle that. I'm at the decline hannon miller backed the badge he's like i'm sorry i i just can't do it he said uh, i i'm intending on going uh to the cat into the cattle business with my brothers i can't do it guys i can't do it well ben thompson who would later turn lawman himself would say to bat Masterson in sub- subsequent years that he had a powerful lunch <laughs>
0: You know, lunch. I had a powerful lunch today. <laughs> the fucking steak was good. <laughs> was, I got so much protein; it was, it was great. A lot of protein. <laughs> no, uh, I got the good kind of fat. I get you know the good fat. I had
1: that good. I had that good fat. Oh jeez. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, he, he had a powerful hunch yeah. that Wyatt would have killed him. If he hadn't thrown down his guns, well, obviously he was like, you know, what? if I want to throw down my guns, I- I'm betting that I'm uh, uh sure. Wyatt Earp, he would have killed me. Well, the story, the story of how Earp had backed down, Ben Thompson soon spread up and down the Chisholm Trail, and that Wyatt Earp, the legend was born. Was born. So I mean, so basically, uh, Wyatt couldn't outrun it after that, right? He can't deny or decline any uh. Any offers, uh, Any offers of uh, being uh, a lawman at law, this point. After
0: that, right. I heard what you did up there in... Right.
1: You're a legend. You stopped those motherfuckers.
0: I heard what you did up there in Ellsworth, <laughs> Kansas. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, damn it. Right. Damn it. Right. Well, in early 1874, Irpin Sally moved to the growing cow town of Wichita for his brother. Is and Sally? <laughs> and Sally? Maple syrup? <laughs> I know, maybe. I don't know. Or Sally and Earp, maple syrup. <laughs> Sally and Earp, maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> well, they went to the cow town of Wichita, where his brother James ran a brothel. These motherfuckers like the whores, uh, didn't they? They did. Uh, logo arrest records show that Sally and James's wife, Nellie Bessie Ketchum, operated a brothel there from early 1874 to the middle of 1876. Uh, Wyatt may have been a pimp, but mis- but mis- historian, historian Robert Gary L. Roberts believes that he was more likely an enforcer or a bouncer for the brothel. Hmm. Well, when the Kansas State Census was completed in June of 1875, Sally was no longer living with Wyatt, James, and Bessie, so he kicked her ass at the curb. So, get out of here, woman. All right. You got to get the fuck out of there, right?
1: <laughs> well, uh, Wichita was a railroad terminal and a destination for cattle drives from Texas. So, Wichita was uh, getting. It wasn't really that popular back
0: then, was it? Well, we just established it was a growing cow town. Though. Right.
1: Well, the town would would fill with drunken. Armed cowboys celebrating the end of the long journey mm. uh, when the cattle right, drives arrived. these motherfuckers arrived. are coming from Texas all the way up to right. Kansas, dude. These motherfuckers came in, they're like, give me whiskey, give me a bitch, and give me a room, and leave me alone.
0: and Draw me a bath in the morning, damn it, right. probably. Maybe.
1: The men were kept very busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the cattle drivers ended the ended and the cowboys left, Earp searched for something else to do. He was like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, we all gone. gone. Oh, shit. Well, what else do I do? He was like, "Well, check this out." The Wichita City Eagle <laughs> has reported. No. Uh, well, the, the Wichita City Eagle reported on October twenty ninth, eighteen seventy four, that he had helped an off duty police officer find thieves who had stolen a man's wagon.
0: Sounds like a like a side mission, right. fucking from um, Red Dead or something.
1: Right. They're like, you gotta go over here before you can proceed
0: into other things. <laughs> right. Until you this- until you unlock the next fucking right. um Destination. He's
1: like, well, fuck. Why officially joined the Wichita uh, uh, Marshal's office on the, uh, the 21st of April in 1875 after the election of Mike uh, Meager as city marshal or the police chief, uh, making $100 per month? Mm.
0: Yeah, could have made more money in fucking He could have made more man. money, in
1: that was worth $125. Idiot. Mm. He also dealt uh faro, whatever that is, at the Long Branch Saloon, which is probably like a drug or like a Tobacco or something? I don't know,
0: man. It's a fucking card game. Shrugger at the back. Like Wyatt Earp. <laughs> says, was standing in the alley in the back. Oh, God, I got that faro. I <laughs> got that faro. I got that faro. <laughs> oh, fuck. I never heard of that game in my life. Oh, uh, because anyway, Wild Bill dealt it. Anyway, he dealt the fucking card game. He belted, uh, we've heard this. We've heard of uh, the feral card game yes, in the yes, 16 yes, episodes yes, we
1: Yes. He also dealt uh, a feral card game at the Long Branch Saloon. Well, in 1875, late in 1875, the Wichita Beacon published this story on last Wednesday, December 8th. Policeman Wyatt Earp found a stranger lying near the bridge in a drunken stupor. He took him to the cooler, and on searching him, found in the neighborhood of of $500 on his person. He was taken next morning before his honor, the police judge, and he paid his fine for his fun like a little man and went on his way rejoicing. So he was like, I did what I did. I'm out. I paid my fine. Yeah. (laughs) Like a little man. Yeah. Just call yourself a little man, be on your way. I'm a little man, (laughs) I'm a little man rejoicing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, he may congratulate himself that his lines, while he was drunk, were cast in such a pleasant place as Wichita, as there are, but a few other places where that $500 bankroll would have been heard from. They're like, mm. what?
0: Just think of to this guys in Wichita where right. they're saying he's making money here. Right, right.
1: Well, the integrity of our police force has never been Well, they're been saying, or occasion. that too. Right.
0: That the cops would have fucking stole the money from them. Right. So now they're saying the integrity of our police force has never been seriously questioned because they're good guys. Right. They so so basically, what really did happen is what I like to know.
1: Is, that, is him, that
0: what happened? Found him and took him to jail. Is that what he happened? He paid his fine, and he rejoiced like a little child. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> try again on the horse a couple times. That'd help him. Like, All right, get out of here.
0: <laughs> 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 well, unfortunately for Earp, he was embarrassed on January ninth, 1876, oh, when no. he was sitting with friends in the back room of the Custom House Saloon, and his single-action revolver fell out of its holster and discharged when the hammer hit the floor. Oh, no. The ball passed through his coat, struck the north wall, and then glanced off and passed out through the ceiling. Damn. He persuaded biographer Stuart N. Lake years later to omit it from his book, Wyatt Earp, Frontier Marshal. Damn,
1: so this motherfucker dropped his gun, almost shot himself.
0: Possibly other people. Oh, no. Well, Earp's stint as a Wichita deputy came to a sudden end on April second, 1876 when former Marshal Bill Smith accused him of using his office to help hire his brothers as lawmen. Mm. Erp beat Smith in a fistfight and was fined thirty dollars. Mm. <laughs> like right, what are you talking about, my brothers?
1: <laughs> you son of a, <laughs> the,
0: <laughs> the local newspaper reported it is but justice to Erp to say he has made an excellent officer. A meager won the election, but the city council voted against rehiring Erp. His brother James opened a brothel in Dodge City, and Erp said. I'll be there, brother. I'll be
1: there. Just call my name, and I'll be there. Dodge City. Right. Well, after 1875, Dodge City, Kansas, became a major terminal for cattle drives from Texas along the Chisholm Trail. Uh, Wyatt was appointed assistant marshal in Dodge City under the marshal Lawrence Deere around May of 1876, and he spent the winter... Of 1876 and 1877 in the gold rush boomtown of Deadwood in the Dakota Territory. Everybody knows about Deadwood, but I... I, I that was our last episode. Right. And I'm... I, I'm very disappointed that uh, that White Earp only lasted an episode in the Deadwood series. Very, very disappointed. Why? Because he was there more than an episode. He did
0: nothing. I know. You're, you're about to see what he did.
1: But he was there. Well, he and his brother Morgan left Dodge for Deadwood on the 9th of September in 1876 with a team of horses. But they arrived there to find that all the land was already tied up in the mining claims. They're like, well, we can't do nothing here. We got fucking, uh... Too
0: damn late we now. We got sigh
1: over here. We got Swargin over here. We got Bullock already claiming to be the fucking marshal.
0: <laughs> I mean... <sighs> and if you guys know anything about that, it's also claimed that Bullock came up to him and said... We don't need your help here, son.
1: Basically, yeah, Bullock was like, You gotta go. You gotta go. He's like, I know. He's like, I know. He's
0: like, like, Can I just rest
1: here a couple nights? But I know. I know. (laughs) Uh, yeah he got there and he was like he wasn't wanted he wasn't needed there was nothing he can do there he just he had to go so morgan decided to return to dodge morgan was like Wyatt, i'm not here for us man right well instead of gambling Wyatt made a deal to buy all the wood that a local individual had cut and put his horses to work that winter hauling firewood into the camp he was like can i just stay here and I'll give you my horses, and you can haul all the wood. No, right. He didn't leave. You still in? Right. Still in Deadwood. He hauled
0: the wood with his horses. Right. 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 Right.
1: Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, I'm gonna I'll haul all you guys' firewood into camp. Well, he made five thousand dollars in profit, which is pretty damn good.
0: Well, he he bought all the wood. That was his business in Deadwood. Right. When he
1: made about $5,000 in profit, which, which is pretty is damn good.
0: probably about 20 G's. Right.
1: Uh, but he was unable to file any mining claims, so he returned to Dodge City in the spring. So, basically, what he thought he could do is, he's like, hey, all right, Morgan, you go back to Dodge. I could probably get one of these claims here. Just let me so figure some out. A
0: minute, I'll do this little fucking right. wood haul and shit. And I
1: guarantee you, I'll get us a claim.
0: And then we'll fucking and, strike a rich here in
1: right, Deadwood. Right, and, and, and everybody it And Swarjan and uh uh Psy and
0: uh uh So he was there for six months. Right. At least. He was he was there for the whole winter.
1: Right. For the whole winter he was there in Deadwood. I
0: wonder what happened. There's gotta be records of him doing something, something in Deadwood. Something. You know, like tales of him coming to a bar. Bullock
1: Bullock was a, a bad man, so he didn't allow it. I think Bullock was I'm gonna, not
0: talking about like killing people, but there's gotta be like stories of Something and like the saloon. You think in, him, like, a, you think or him and Bullock
1: were buds? It had to have been.
0: Maybe I mean you would think, right? right. fucking Wyatt Earp.
1: Him and Sworjian never got into any kind of altercations, or him and Psy, or him and fucking. Psy's
0: not a real person.
1: The guy, well, there was a guy across. There was a guy there. I forget his name. It wasn't Psy, but there was actually
0: pretty sure that that uh, so that brothel was actually owned by a woman. Mm. That the woman. It based was. Off of.
1: Most brothels were owned by yeah. women.
0: Women were the. Most wealthiest people in Deadwood. They were. They Besides,
1: were. Swear <laughs> Besides swear Besides Swearingen.
0: Well, he rejoined the Dodge City Police in spring of 1877 at the request of Mayor James H. Kelly. The Dodge City newspaper reported in July of 1878 that he'd been fined $1 oh,
1: for no. slapping
0: a muscular prostitute named Frankie Bell. <laughs> damn! <laughs> oh,
1: damn, that oh.
0: Well, he or she, I think it's a she. who $1 he-
1: for slapping yeah. a muscular Prostitute
0: and the prostitute heaped epithets upon the unoffending head of Mr. Earp to such an extent as to provide a slap from the ex officer. Wow. So she was like, You stupid, son of bitch! She was like, Bell, Shut up, right? Well, Bell spent the night in jail and was fined $20, while Earp's fine was a legal minimum. Of a dollar. So basically, like, we gotta, we gotta at least fine you a fucking
1: uh, something. I mean, come on, right?
0: Well, in October 1877, outlaw Dirty Dave Rudaball right. robbed a Santa Fe railroad construction camp and fled south. Earp was given a temporary commission as Deputy U.S. Marshal and left Dodge City following Rudaball over 400 miles Damn. through Fort Clark, Texas. Where the newspaper reported his presence on January twenty second, eighteen seventy eight, and on to Fort Griffin, Texas. So that's how popular this guy was already. Right, he comes th- strolling through town, and fucking newspapers are writing about him. Like you'll it's never a, guess. It's like it's equivalent to like a Facebook post or like a, a Twitter post. You'll right. never guess who
1: just arrived. You never <laughs> guess who just arrived. The
0: fucking Wyatt Earp. The fucking himself.
1: Wyatt Earp himself. Well, he arrived at the frontier town on the Clear Fork of uh, Brazos River and went to uh, the Beehive Saloon. He's like, well, I might as well go down to the saloon and see what's going on. He's like, he's probably like, I'm tired, I'm thirsty. Was he, do you think he was like, just going down there to get a drink and just relax for a minute? Or was he still like,
0: after being on this long ride, I think he was going there to get a drink and probably for some information. Right.
1: Uh, The largest, the largest saloon in town and owned by John Shansey.
0: Ooh, that name sound familiar.
1: It does. Uh, whom her, Wyatt had known since he was twenty one years old. Uh-huh. He was like, "Well, damn it, John, how you doing, oh, buddy? I've known you since I was twenty one. <laughs> Remember
0: that box of Max I referred? I mean, referee." <laughs> He's,
1: like, I sure do. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chancey told Wyatt that R- Ruta Ball had passed through town earlier in the week. He was like, "Damn, that motherfucker was here about three well, days he ago." Just missed him. He, he can't be known about three days past town. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> He's got to be. I think he was going south, uh, but he didn't know where he was headed. He he just guessed. He's like he went that way. Well, Chancey suggested that Herb asked gambler Doc Holiday. Hey, you He's guys like,
0: heard this story already in the Doc Holiday episode. Why don't episode? you go
1: ask that guy over there? That's Doc Holiday. You better be careful though. He got tuberculosis. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why don't you go over there and ask uh, that gambler over there, Doc Holiday, uh, who played card with Rudaball when he was here. And Wyatt was like, I'll do that. And he was like, hey, Doc, what about this rude ball guy that was here a couple of days ago? And Doc was like, well, guess what, Wyatt? Uh, he was headed back to Kansas. <laughs> like, he told hey, me he was going back to Kansas. He's like,
0: uh, <laughs> fucking Herb's like, are you fucking kidding he's me?
1: Like, you- <laughs> I just came 400 fucking miles for that. Are you fucking serious? He's going he's back like, to Kansas.
0: I literally could have just stayed in
1: Kansas. <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, dude, he's going right back to Kansas, man." He was like, "Dude, what's that mean? <laughs> he like, it's a new slang. Rudeball taught me." <laughs> I was like, "Dude, like a dirty dude, rudeball." <laughs> uh, uh, oh shit! And I was like, "Oh fuck!" Shit! He was like, "Shit!" He was like, "Well, uh, it's May 11th in 1878." <laughs> Yeah, it was like, damn, can you believe that these fucking, uh, no. By May 11th, 1878, the Dodge newspaper reported that Earp had returned. He's like, he has returned. He's like, <laughs> he has returned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah what? Woo. Well, the Dodge City Times noted on the 14th of May that he'd been appointed assistant marshal for $75. This motherfucker's losing Just money. Take Take He shouldn't have stayed where Ellie Taylor Ellsworth. Ellsworth. In, no wonder why this
0: motherfucker turned to gambling you all day. Idiot. Jeez. Yeah,
1: so he didn't always make $70 a month to be an assistant marshal.
0: He's not ass- even a boss. Ass- assistant to the assistant. Yeah, Marshall. he's not even a boss. <laughs>
1: serving under. Charlie Bassett. Everybody uh, knows who Charlie Bassett is. Uh, that's
0: not that guy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it is that guy. uh uh-uh. Charlie Bassett. No. Charlie, Charlie Utter. Charlie Utter. Not Charlie Utter. Charlie Bassett. Charlie, you're thinking of Charlie fucking um, Bowles. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie Bowles. Bowles. We, we did an episode on him, too. Go check, check it out. Doc Holliday also showed up in Dodge City with his common-law wife, Big Nose Kate, during the <laughs> summer of 1878. Ed Morrison and another two dozen cowboys rode into Dodge. Well, that's
1: ser- or, seriously her name. Big Nose Oh, yeah. Big Nose K. Do you K. not remember the yeah, fucking dog holiday episode we did? Shut up. I mean, Big Nose geez.
0: K. Big Nose K. Big Nose K. Ed Morrison and another two dozen cowboys rode into Man. Dodge that summer of those and shot up 24 of those motherfuckers. Right? That was two dozen. 20, yeah, not eight. bigger dozen. It would have no, been 26. That, that would have been 26. <laughs> <laughs> but they rode in that summer and shot up the town oh, galloping shit. down Front Street. They entered the Long Branch saloon, vandalized, and harassed the customers. Mm -hmm. Hearing the commotion, Earp burst through the front door to find numerous guns pointing at him. Another version of the story adds it that only three to five cowboys right. were there. that's it. Well, anyways, in both versions, Holiday was playing cards in the back, and he put he his was. pistol at Morrison's head. He Morrison him and his men to disarm. Yep. Earp credited Holiday with saving his life that day, and the two became friends since. They were. While in Dodge City, Earp became acquainted with James and Bat Masterson, Luke Short, and prostitute Maddie Blaylock, yep. who became his common-law common, common law wife until 1881.
1: Common-law wife, which means that never married, it is fucked. Still and, considered husband and, and wife, lived though. under the same household.
0: Numerous amount, of, well, for I three guess, years. Uh, <laughs>
1: three years. <laughs> Damn, it's seven years for common law, but I guess back then it was only three. Well, and often written about, uh, and often written about event was the 1878 showdown between Wyatt Earp and Clay Allison, the self-proclaimed shootist from New Mexico.
0: Who are you? I'm the shootist. I'm the
1: shootist from Sh- New Mexico. The shootist Clay Allison. I'm the shootest Clay Allison from, I don't even know my own name, from New Mexico. All as I know, I'm from New Mexico. And I'm the shootest, damn it. I'm the shootest. Right. Uh, according to stories, Allison planned to protest the treatment of his men by the Dodd City Marshals. He was like, we're going to hold a protest and we're going to burn down the AutoZone zone. we're going down... <laughs> to burn down the Target we the Target. And, and this
0: fucking uh uh low income housing unit that was that's in in progress being built that shit's gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, he pl-
1: <laughs> well, he planned to protest the treatment of his men. By the Dot City Marshals, <laughs> <laughs> was willing, he was willing to bag his arguments with gun smoke. Ooh, gun smoke! He was like, well, you don't believe my arguments? How about this? Ba-choo-choo! See that gun smoke?
0: <laughs> <laughs> or building smoke? It didn't matter. Gun smoke or building smoke. What a what fucking two can I
1: smoke? They'll tell you what happened. <laughs> Damn it. Well, the Dodge City Lawman had gained a reputation for being hard on visiting cattle herders. Was, like, with, good, with good cause. Don't with, be coming into my town being fucking right.
0: drunken assholes.
1: Right. They're like, dude, you can come in, do what you want, drink at the bar, gamble, well, get our women, do what you want, don't fucking come shooting around being fucking bullies.
0: Well, when you say the next sentence, then I'm like, well, maybe they took it a little bit too far. Right, Well,
1: stories circling that cattleman had been robbed, shot, and beaten over the head with revolver. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Wait a minute! So what is it? <laughs> so he wasn't hurt with... Was- that—that's what we mean by hard on him. He was just fucking—he came that's in he was, on him You're bad. Said. Boom. <laughs> He's like, I'm the new—I'm the new preacher. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Take money out of their pocket. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Damn, that's fucked up. Damn. Man, so, so these guys—I mean, uh, fucking uh, uh, cattle herders, lives matter. C.H. Fucking <laughs> L.M. They fucking have that written everywhere. this is ridiculous oh man whoa history repeating itself guys (laughs) this is is fucked up well George Hoyt who had who had had, well well, George Hoyt who at one time worked for Clay Allison had been shot to death while shooting a pistol in the air in the streets of Dodge City he's like hold on what are you doing I'm shooting my pistol in the air. <laughs> no, you're not. Boom!
0: <laughs> Damn, that's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> <Damn>. uh, George Hawkey <laughs> was like, "Hands up! Don't shoot!" <laughs> I can't breathe. That's <laughs> because you got a shot in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucked up, guys. This is this is, this is crazy. Well, we're by no means making fun of the fucking current situation. So fuck off, all we you are, pussies.
1: Uh, by all means, we are making fun of the. Oh, well, we are, but.
0: Comedy's comedy, There are several versions of the story of the showdown. (laughs) Some say that Allison and his men terrorized Dodge City while Wyatt Wyatt and Bat Masterson fled in fear. no. Others say that Wyatt pressured Allison into leaving, and yet others say... That Allison was talked into leaving by a saloon Damn, so keeper. How many others were there? How, come, <laughs> how many cattleman. others can there be? <laughs> I thought
1: others is only one, one, one fucking thing.
0: There gonna be, be plenty of others. I'm others. <laughs> well, I'm others. <laughs> and this is what happened. Well, others say that Allison was talked into leaving by a saloon keeper and another cattleman with little or no contact with work with, with YERP at all. Which I
1: believe that one.
0: Probably. In any case, there is no evidence of any serious altercation ever having happened. Right. Historians basically surmise that Allison might have come to Dodge City looking for trouble, but nothing really happened. Right. While Allison and his men went from saloon to saloon, fortifying themselves with whiskey, Earp and his marshals began to assemble their forces. But in the end, Dick McNulty... McNulty... McNulty? What? McNulty? <laughs> <Nick> <laughs> Damn! Time traveler. Fuck. Dick McNulty, owner of a large cattle outfit in Chalk Beeson... Co-owner of the Long Branch Saloon intervene on behalf of the town, talking to the gang into giving up their guns. So he
1: was like, "Dude, you don't want, to, you don't even want to know what these guys can do. He's like, just fucking give up your guns." He's like,
0: "Bat Masterson and motherfucking Wyatt Earp are the lawmen in this right. town. You just do not want to fuck with.
1: Just come gun. here, get your fucking bath,
0: get your beer, get your night's rest, get your pussy. You take your men, take your men, and get and the hell out of town. Roll it get out, the hell out of Dodge, get the hell out
1: of Dodge City." <laughs> <laughs> Well, Dodge City uh, had been a frontier cow town for several years. But by 1879, it's begun to settle down. They're like, all right, this is ridiculous. We need to calm down here. There's too much shit. We got a lot of women and children running around. I mean, it's crazy. Well, at this time, Virgil Earp was a town constable in Prescott, Arizona, territory. And he wrote to Wyatt about the opportunities in the silver mining boomtown of Tombstone. He was like... Wyatt, get the fuck out of Dodge
0: and hmm. come to Tombstone. There's mining opportunities. There's mining opportunities here. Gold? No. Silver. Silver. Could you mean? imagine that letter exchange? <laughs> get the fuck out of Dodge, come to Tombstone. Riot, Wyatt writes back gold. <laughs> Sends it, takes two weeks. <laughs> and then <laughs> like, takes another two weeks to read the letter to get back to him, <laughs> him saying no, silver. He's but like, just as profitable. <laughs> and no, then no, another sorry. two weeks to write, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. On <I'll> <laughs> my way. And then he's got to wait to come back and say, all right, (laughs) Right.
0: Uh, I'm
1: I'm gearing up to leave. Well, then uh, he later wrote, in 1879, Dodge was beginning to lose much of the snap, which had given it a charm to the men of reckless blood. And I decided to move to Tombstone, which was just built upon a reputation. They're, they're, They're building a reputation of, uh, a mining town of Silva. Well,
0: so basically, he's saying Dodge was getting born because there wasn't enough fucking. Uh, enough action. There wasn't enough fucking. Uh, enough action. Uh, criminals there. Right. And Tombstone was building up a reputation he's for like, all these wild he's ass He's like, I gotta guns. leave
1: Dodge City because they're settling down and become good folks. Uh, I gotta go. My brother, uh, Virgil, is telling me, hey, you gotta come here. There's some fucking crazy motherfucker shit going here. Plus, you can make some money.
2: Mm-hmm. He's
1: like, all right, I'm out. So he later on went out there, and Irp was like, uh, He went up to the fucking mayor, and he was like, Guess what? I resigned <laughs> from the Dodd City Police Force. Yeah. And today is September 9th, 1879. <laughs> <and> I'm rolling <laughs> well, that, out. it out. He's like, Where are you going? He goes, Oh, well, I'm traveling to Las Vegas into New Mexico territory. You go, Las Vegas, Nevada? He goes, No, New Mexico, damn it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's like, I already did Nevada, Las Vegas when right. I was a. Uh, Right. Out there before we moved to Lamar.
1: So he went to Las Vegas in the New Mexico territory, which we all know about Las Vegas, New Mexico. Yes. Uh, With his common-law wife, Maddie. He's like, Maddie, let's roll it. And his brother, Jim, he's like, Jim, let's go. Get your wife, Bessie. Bessie? He's like, Bessie? He's He's like, like, yeah. He's
2: like, yeah, Bessie. What other
1: fucking wife do you have? (laughs) You shit, Jim, come on. Come on, on, Jim. (laughs) Let's go. Damn it. He says, "He says, once we get the to tombstone, we're gonna reunite with Doc Holiday, and his common and his common law wife, Big Nose Kate." That's
0: what they got each other. Where's my common law wife? Remember, I kept calling her Big Kate Nose. <laughs> Big Kate Nose.
1: <laughs> we're gonna go reunite with Doc and his common law wife, uh, Big Big Nose Kate, <laughs> and and the sixth of and the six of them went on to Prescott, Arizona Territory. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Virgil was appointed Deputy U.S. Marshal for the Tombstone Mining District on he November was. 27th. Virgil was? Yes. 1879, three days before they left for Tombstone by U.S. Marshal for the Arizona Territory Crawley P. Dake. Right. Virgil was to operate out of Tombstone some eight, 280 miles from Prescott. Right. His tor- territory included the entire southeast Area of the ter- Arizona Territory. I don't know why I'm fucking <laughs> Wyatt, Virgil, and James Earp arrived in Tombstone with their wives on December first, eighteen seventy nine. Well, Doc, he said, you know, I'm going to remain in Prescott, right. and this gambling is going to afford better opportunities. He thought for me. he thought it would. Well, he he he, the, he, he did the good when stuff. When you find there. out how much money he arrives in the, uh, Tombstone right. with, you're going to see like, wow, right. I didn't I didn't know that. They didn't even tell that in the fucking um. Right. Episode that we did with Doc. Well, you can
1: tell Doc was well, a wealthy man. A
0: wealthy man. He was like, I'm your huckleberry. Yeah, I'm That's your huckleberry. A I'm, your like, I'm, I'm your wealthy huckleberry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: your wealthyberry. I'm your I can be married this town if I want. Very <laughs> good. Well, the city of Tombstone was founded on the 5th of March in 1879 with about 100 people living in tents and a few in shacks. Well, the herbs arrived nine months later on the 1st of December, And it had already grown to about one thousand residents. Crazy. Wyatt brought horses and a buckboard wagon. He was like, "Guess what, guys? I got horses and a buckboard wagon." (laughs) They're like, "Oh shit! What are you planning to do with that?" Yeah. Well, I plan on converting them into a stagecoach. (laughs) Just one. Well, you know
0: that uh, there's already two established stage lines already here. Right.
1: Right. He, he, but he found two established. uh, Yeah. Right. They're, They're like, wait a minute here. Wyatt brought horses In a buckboard wagon And he planned To divert them To a stagecoach But he found Two established stages uh, Stage lines Already running He was like Well fuck He's like I went to Deadwood They already had All the mining done the
0: Tombstone They <laughs> the got, Tombstone, our, they stage already got the Stagecoach I mean What the
1: fuck Damn it Well he later said That he made Most of his money In in uh, in Tombstone As a professional Gambler He was like Well uh, fuck parts. it Let's open up A casino Right basically like a little casino where, well, where
0: he, he didn't open up anything
1: well he opened up a little fucking and he didn't open up anything they did a little fucking little gambler thing a little he bar didn't, he didn't open it alright well the three Earps and Robert <laughs> J. Windsors filed a location notice on the 6th of December 1879 for the first north extension of the mountain made mine so they're like alright so let's do some mining they bought a stake in a mine
0: they didn't mine right
1: Well, they, let, they paid people to mine exactly. and they got money out of it uh, they also bought an interest in the Vizina mine And some water rights So they have water rights They had two mines And plus uh, why it was a pretty damn good well, they, didn't have the poke.
0: Whole, they didn't have the whole mine
1: Well, well stakes in, a the mine, stake in the mine Which is making some money of course. And, and plus he was making some money in some fucking poker and Why couldn't
0: r- he just buy a stake In one of the mines in Deadwood I, I don't
1: think it, nobody wanted
0: to sell yeah. Nobody wanted to sell the mines in Deadwood well, meanwhile, his brother Jim worked as a barkeep, and none of their other Man, business... Yeah, where did Jim and, come from? He's there, too. He uh, worked as a barkeep, but none of their other business interests proved fruitful. Mm. Wyatt was hired in April... There's no
1: apples and no fucking pears of grapes here. <laughs> There's <laughs> not fruitful. And nothing's fruitful here. <laughs> Damn it.
0: It's all vegetable bowl. <laughs> corny, it's corny and
1: fucking green beans. Fucking,
0: Wyatt was hired in April or May of 1880 by Wells Fargo agent Fred J. Dodge. As a shotgun messenger on stagecoaches when they transported Wells Fargo's strong boxes, He was. In late July 1880, younger brother Morgan arrived, leaving his wife Lou in Temescal, California, which is near San Bernardino. Right. Warren Ert moved to Tombstone as well. Damn, there's a whole open clan everybody
1: there. Everybody, like, fuck it.
0: Doc Holliday, Holliday arrived from Prescott in September with $40,000, which Damn. is about $1. Million fifty nine thousand seven hundred twenty four dollars. Was rich in gambling winnings in his pocket. So his gambling outfit did prove to be more lucrative for him. His
1: gambling outfit. I mean, his money outfit. When he came in, it was just (laughs) (laughs) fucking loads of money everywhere.
0: (laughs) He was the original money bags. Right. He well, was the, the inspiration for the Monopoly fucking uh, guy. Right,
1: right. Well the outlaw Clanton
0: gang Uh-oh. had
1: been running uh, roughshod over the territory and immediately represented uh not represented, they, imma- they, uh, they immediately they, <laughs> <laughs> they they immediately resented the herbs arrival. They're like, Hold hold the fuck on here. Wait a minute here. There they, was just two, and now there's four. <laughs> Dude,
0: they keep multiplying. They <laughs> keep doubling. Like, what <laughs> the
1: fuck? And plus their buddy, who is a millionaire. Oh, <laughs> shit. Who is <laughs> a $40,000 <000 laughs> there.
0: <error. laughs> He's a $40,000 there. Shit. Damn it.
1: Old man Clanton, his sons, Ike, Finn, and Billy, the McClawley brothers, Frank and Tom, Curly Bill Brocious, John Ringo and not John, everybody knows John Ringo. Everybody knows Johnny Ringo. And their followers lost no time in expressing their displeasure. They're like, "Hold the fuck on! We gotta let it. We can't waste no time expressing our displeasure about this shit. We have to. We have to let our displeasure known yeah, right away. We gotta go up there instantly and let these guys know what the fuck we think. <laughs> we, well, got, the <laughs> we got a we
0: got a fucking outfit running here. Right. Damn
1: it! It's ridiculous. Well, the Clintons had. Had uh, long been involved in rustling cattle from old Mexico, moving their plunder... Which is different n- from New Mexico, by the right, way. Right. Northward to their ranch on the San Pedro River. Mm-hmm. Well, keeping uh, Crouchy's County Sheriff John Behan on their payroll, they're like, fuck it, dude. You just do what the fuck we say. You will pay you money. We can run our shit here, and you can be all right. You we- look the other way. Right, right. Sheriff Behan. right. Well, operation was extremely successful until the arrival of the Earth. Oh. And Behan was like, dude, I, I, I can't stop these guys. They're <laughs> they're telling me, hey, we're not gonna allow this shit. And uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you well. got this month's payment. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. like, no, John right. by the way,
0: by the way, uh you guys are delayed on your uh, <laughs> yeah. payments. Oh. So yeah. <laughs> just just stop by my office later <laughs> today. Right, the right.
1: They're like, hold on a minute here. <laughs> Wyatt was spending all of his time working he as he met uh Wyatt wasn't spending was all of his not. time working as he met Josephine Josie. Josie? <laughs> right. Sarah Marcus. Well in Tombstone. He was like, Uh guess what, uh guess what uh 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 <laughs> Which what? one?
0: Which brother? <laughs> Which brother are you trying to sing on? Uh, his here? wife. What what was the, oh Maddie.
1: Guess what, uh uh, common law wife. <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, Josephine Josie Sarah Marcus. Mm, she's in Tombstone, and well, she's only 18 years old, and a uh, lot better looking than you. <laughs> uh, and she arrived with a uh, traveling theater troupe in 1879. She's like, but it's still 1879. What? Wait a minute. <laughs> What? It's Uh, still 1879? Wyatt wasn't spending spending all of his time working as he met Josephine Josie Sarah Marcus while in Tombstone. The small 18-year-old woman had arrived in Tombstone with a traveling (laughs) theater troupe in 1879 prior to Wyatt's arrival. Mm. So she was
0: already there. Yes, that would mean prior. (laughs) That's what prior Uh, would mean. Right.
1: (laughs) So she hooked up with Sheriff John Behan Uh and stayed in Tombstone. Oh, wait a minute.
0: Uh-oh. Conflict of interest oh, here. No. However, How however. 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 Shortly after Wyatt appeared on the scene, Sheriff Bayhan made the mistake of introducing Josie to Wyatt. Oh, no. And the two instantly hit it off. Oh, I remember that. No. The relationship between Wyatt and Maddie had continued to deteriorate as Maddie's laudanum dependency grew worse, which right. is a painkiller. She was addicted to pills Right. Uh, Josie thought that Wyatt was the best-looking man in Tombstone. Ooh, look at him with that mustache. You know, look at that mustache. Yeah. It's so thick. It looks like Tom Selleck. Like, who? 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 Who's Tom Selleck. Who? Who? <laughs> <laughs> Josie thought he was the best-looking man in Tombstone, and she getting to be seen with him almost every night at his sparrow table while Maddie lingered at home, yeah. popping pills she's every Tuesday. What does that mean? She
1: lingered at home, so she was just lingering like, by the windows? She's
0: just walking <laughs> through the house like... <laughs> Tipping the pill bottle up. It's so bad
1: that white put up signs no lingering. (laughs) What am I supposed to do? (laughs) Well, don't linger. Just sit there, damn it. I I can linger. (laughs)
0: Bayhan refused to accept Josie's apologies and fell in deeper with the Clantons to thwart the Earps at every turn. Mm. Now holding a personal grudge, he bowed. To help the rustlers rid Tombstone of the bothersome Earth brothers as soon as possible. Right, but they, had,
1: they had no clue that uh, that old uh, uh, the fucking Doc was going to be there to be like, "Hey, I don't fucking think so." Mm. So, in July of 1880, John B. Han offered him a job as deputy sheriff under Chief Marshal Fred White, and, and uh, he was suspicious.
0: Was like, why? He's like, he's like, I'm sleeping with his woman, and he wants to offer me a job. Mm. Something ain't right. White was like hmm. He's like mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. grabbing both sides of his long yeah. ass He's like hmm. It's crazy. Mm.
1: It was so but long that he way. had that he that he hired two fucking bitches from the brothel to fucking do it and he said,
0: sometimes he would get drunk and hang his head over the railings and right bitches would do the uh, wrecking, <laughs> wrecking ball thing that Miley Cyrus does off his stage. <laughs> 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 he came in like a
2: monster.
1: Right. Whoa, fucking this is crazy. He was like, well, this is very suspicious, but Wyatt finally came to the conclusion that the offer was designed to keep him too busy to guard mm. the Wells Fargo oh. stage, allowing the Clintons to access once again his lucrative plunder. Mm. So he was like, "All right, mm. I think this is a." He's a like, fucking, "Hey, play. hey, look at
0: Clanton's. I'm gonna fucking have Wyatt be a fucking deputy. Right. That way, he won't be guarding the motherfucking stagecoach, right. and you guys can rob it again." They're right. like, "All right, that sounds like a good idea." Well, Wyatt
1: was like, "You know what, Behan, I accept the job, but your plan's gonna fail." <laughs> <'Cause> I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> And he was like, "Your plans are going to fail because you're going to hire my brother Morgan yeah. as a new guard in, in my place." He's like, "Fuck! All right, we'll hire him, but we'll kill him <laughs> <laughs> later later on. <laughs> later on, I'm <online>. like, <laughs> <laughs> "Well, well, that happened." Uh, Morgan took uh, uh, Wyatt's place, and uh, their plan uh, their plan having been a bust. The Clantons were furious. They're like, "What the fuck? What the." Fuck Behan!
0: These fucking herbs. I mean, what can Behan do? He, he had no choice. His his back against the wall. Well, he didn't hire him. Wells Fargo hired him. Yeah, but Behan knew. Yeah, but Behan couldn't do anything about it. Wells Fargo eight. was a separate company. Yeah, but he had he had Wells Fargo was a separate company. He had fucking uh, Pole. in the city. Wells Fargo was national. Right, but he had pole in the
1: city, and he wasn't expecting this to happen. Oh, right, 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 right. 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 Okay. <laughs> Well, their plan had been a bust and the clans were furious at behind They're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> he's like, "He's dude, like it's he's like, I don't it's, own Wells Fargo, man." He's like, "I'm going to tell you what. On October 28th, 1880, Tombstone town marshal Fred White, he's going to attempt to break up a group of five <laughs> late night drunken <laughs> revelers and they're going to be shooting at the moon on Allen Street." Mm. They're like, "Are you sure?" They're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, "Yeah, we got a plan." I mean,
2: I mean
1: so so that yes. happened. Yes. So that happened on the twenty-eighth of fucking October in eighteen eighty. Fucking uh, uh, uh tombstone marshal Fred White. He tried breaking up a group of fucking f- of five, uh, shooting at the moon. Shooting at the moon. They're drunk, and they're were like, "We're shooting at the moon," and that's all we're gonna do is shoot at the moon.
0: Uh, on Allen Street, <laughs> <laughs> late at night. Don't forget that. <laughs> late. late at night. We're drunk. <laughs> we're <laughs> revelers. <laughs> Damn it! What do you want us to do? That's what drunk revelers do. Right. We're we're we're,
1: we're celebrating early Halloween. Well, Deputy Sheriff Wyatt Earp was in Owens Saloon a block away. He was like, "What the fuck is this? It's three days before Halloween. These motherfuckers are shooting up on Elm Street <laughs> well, at the moon." It. I'm all the way in Owens Saloon. <laughs> Don't they know oh, the bullets it. can't reach the moon? <laughs> He's like, "I'm unarmed." Well, fuck it. Morgan and Fred Dodds were in the cabin. Everybody he was like, "Well." He was like, uh, (laughs) Morgan and Fred Dodge are in a (laughs) cap. Maybe they'll hear it. Maybe they're armed.
0: (laughs) Well, Wyatt heard the shooting and ran to the scene. He borrowed a pistol from Fred Dodge and went to assist (laughs) White. He's like, "You do got one? Give me that!
1: (laughs) I was hoping you would." Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. See, I got bullets right here. (laughs) He he
0: shakes his mustache. (laughs) Fucking few shells. And he's so great
1: at his gun, he just holds it open,
0: and the bullets fall in. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, as he approached White, he saw White attempt to disarm Curly Bill Brochus, hey. and the gun discharged, striking White in the groin. Oh, no. Throughout the shooting, Earp was standing by a chimney that was struck repeatedly by gunfire. He buffaloed, a.k.a. pistol-whipped Brocious, knocking him to the ground. Right. Then he grabbed Brocious by the collar and told him, get up! Get up, you Brocious son of a and, bitch. Well, what, have, what have I done? Fred Dodge recalled in a letter he wrote to Stewart Lake in, eight, in 1928 what he had witnessed. Damn, It took him that long? He said, Wyatt's coolness. Oh, he was writing book, right, right, the book. Remember, Stuart right, Lakes, the book guy. Right. Wyatt's coolness and nerve never showed to better advantage than they did that night. Right. When Morgan and I reached him, Wyatt was squatted on his heels besides Curly Bill and Fred White. Curly Bill's friends were pot shooting at him in the dark. Mm-hmm. The shooting was lively, and slugs were hitting the chimney in the cabin. Right. And all of that racket, Wyatt's voice was even quiet as usual. He's like, hey, dude, calm down, man. We got this shit. Hey. Watch this. Right. Yes. That, uh, they, they're poor shots. It's dark, out oh, man.
1: You... Well, why alter his story later on telling John <laughs> H. Flood Jr. that he did not see Brochus' pistol on the ground in the dark until afterward. Mm-hmm. He's like, I didn't see that shit until afterward. It was dark. It was on the ground. <laughs> well, the pistol con- the pistol contained one expended cartridge and five live rounds. Brocious waived a preliminary hearing so that his case could be transferred to Tucson, 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 Tucson District Court. <laughs> Tucson. He's like, I want to go to Tucson. He's like, don't you mean Tucson? <laughs> like, no. I want to go Tucson. <laughs> All right, let's take him to Tucson, boys. <laughs> I don't
0: know where that is, boss. <laughs> yeah, just take him to Tucson. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just, All right.
1: just take him. <laughs> he wanted to go to Tucson District Court, and Virgil and White escorted him to Tucson to stand trial, possibly, possibly saving him from lynching. Ooh, yeah. Well, White. At the age of thirty one, died of his wounds two days after mm. his shooting.
0: Damn.
1: Right. Well, on the twenty seventh of December, two days after Christmas in eighteen eighty, White Earp testified that White's shooting was an a- it was an accident. He's like, I don't know. It was duck. I couldn't <laughs> see shit.
0: I didn't know his pistol was on the ground until right. after.
1: Right. Well, Brocious expressed regret, saying that he had not intended to shoot White. He's like, I didn't mean to. I- I'm I'm very regretful. Well, the gunsmith, uh, Jacob Gruber, testified that Brochus single-action revolver was defective. He was like, there's no way he could have. His, his revolver was defective, allowing it to be discharged at half-cocked. And he, well, was like, he was like, well, there is definitely a way he could have, but it wasn't necessarily his fault. It, it, it was half-cocked, and it just pew, 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 pew. Can you spell that? It was P-E-U-P-E-U. Uh, pew, pew. Okay, got <laughs> pew, pew. Did, did you get that, court?" Whatever her name is.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: pew, yeah. pew. Read that back, please. Pew pew. <laughs> Accident. Oh shit. Sorry. Well, anyway, that his gun could have been, it was it was, his gun was fucking malfunctioning and right. it, it could have fired at half caught A statement was introduced, which White had made, stating that the shooting was accidental. He was like, dude, my he, fucking he, gun. He didn't, did, it, he didn't it, fucking mean to. Had man. a mind of its own. I didn't fucking mean to. The judge ruled that the shooting was accidental and released Brocious. Brocious, however, remained intensely angry about how Earp had pistol with him. He's like, "That motherfucker hit me in my fucking head. Yeah, hurt, I got man. the scar still today. It's fucking crazy. Uh, yeah, it was only two days ago. So. <laughs> and he, he was like, guess what? Earp's are my enemy. <laughs> um
0: Meanwhile, one night, while Doc Holliday was gambling at the Oriental Saloon, John mm. Bahan accused Doc of manipulating a feral game. How can you do that? Doc, never one to back down, quickly challenged Bahan, who t- retreated in haste. We did. Bahan's public embarrassment added more fuel to the fire. Through the early months of 1881, the Clantons continued to rustle cattle from Mexico, a crime that Earp Lawmen could do nothing about it. They could right? Their hands were tied since cattle wrestling was officially a county matter and John Bahan was the county. Right. The gap between the law and the outlaw faction grew wider and the town divided into two camps. While most of Tombstone's citizens supported the Earps, the politically strong outlaw element with Bahan in control supported the Clanton. I
1: mean, there's nothing we can do about that, nothing. really. They're between a rock and a hard place. There, hard place and a rock. Right. Well, well. In the meantime, Doc and well, in the meantime, and Doc and Big Nose Kate continued to live together. They're like, well, can we still live together? And she's like, well, hell yeah. If I'm not Big Nose Kate, <laughs> he's like, fuck yeah, you are. And we ain't like, living together. Fuck yeah, you are. Just watch out when you close that door. Back up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I'm damn it. Be careful when you're looking in the damn mirror. We've already played seven of them.
1: (laughs) But when Kate got drunk, she put her nose everywhere and then broke all of
0: Doc's family heirlooms. She's she's like, she's like the old dude from. What'd you say, Doc? (laughs) She's she's like the old dude from uh, Road Trip who gets the boner and he's just fucking knocking everything out. And the wife's like, Oh dear, like catching all the knickknacks and shit. <laughs> Tell that bitch to make me some blueberry.
1: Well, when Big Nose got drunk, they had serious arguments. Like your damn nose is too big. I had to fucking <laughs> fix this house she's, every morning. She's
0: like, "You're gonna die. You got tuberculosis." <laughs> he's like, he's "Well, like, he's like, now nah, that is a hell of a yeah, thing to say." He was to like, me.
1: "Well, oft, often your drunkenness would escalate to abuse. <laughs> I don't have to abuse you because you're so drunk. And finally, uh, I, I have enough, and I'm gonna have to throw you out." Doc said you gotta go Big Nose Kate And <laughs> she's like Well fuck <laughs> knocking shit all over The damn place What the uh, fuck. Uh, the good
0: thing that. And then
1: when she Turned around to yell at him <laughs> She rang the doorbell And Doc was like What <laughs> Doorbell
0: Good thing he knew Where she was going though Cause her nose dragged Through the fucking dirt <laughs> The whole
1: way <laughs> She always looked like She was sad why your head so down? Uh, I was like, oh, keep uh, the
0: uh, uh, nose up. <laughs> <laughs> she eventually got one of those. You
1: know, most people had canes to walk. She had a cane to hold her nose up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: she had one of those little little fucking things with wheels on them. <laughs> you, know? you like put that on? to her, her nose. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> she can snort more cocaine than anybody in the world. Oh man, George Young would love her. Alright So Doc was like You gotta go Big Nose Kate <clears throat> I'm sorry Um Okay Here uh, He kicked Big Nose Kate out Big Nose Kate <laughs> That's a Big Nose cake. <laughs> he kicked The old Big Nose Kate out And uh He was like You gotta go You go go. <sighs> to, you gotta go And he threw her out To the Clintons Well no Oh right, he threw her out and the Clanton's were like, "We're gonna use this fucking big nose, sort of fucking, uh, to, our, to our advantage. <laughs> Grab that nose. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> squeak, squeak, squeak. squeak.
0: <laughs> to this day, to this day, you can still hear the squeaking in the desert, in the desert silence. That's the
1: sound of big nose caking. <laughs> 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 Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when four masked robbers, uh, most likely members of the clans, robbed the stagecoach and killed the driver and a passenger, Sheriff Behan found Big Nose Kate on a drunken binge berating Doc for throwing her out. Uh, they convinced her to sign an affidavit saying that Doc was involved. When Kate sobered up, she realized what she had done. She was like, "Oh shit, damn!" She's like, "No!" Like, I, I,
0: she's like, "I fucked up. I fucked
1: up." She's, "I take that shit back. Doc was not involved. He was not." And and Doc was like, I am disgusted with you. (laughs) I'm going to send you on the way, on this stagecoach, out of town. (laughs) Very, very disgusted with you. That is a a hell of a thing for you to do to me. It's a special stagecoach so you know it's going to stick out.
0: He's like, I reserve, I reserve the whole car, just the whole car for you, so you can sit right in the back, and your nose can be right. stretched over all the seat.
1: You can, you can gaze all you want. Your nose is not going to be a problem in this stagecoach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, man. so Doc was like, you know what, bitch? It's time for you to get the fuck out. So he fucking put her on the stagecoach and said, "Go, big nose, Kate." We are no longer common law marriage.
0: <laughs> I've, I've had enough of you. We are
1: common law divorce, damn it. <laughs> you fucking gone. Well,
0: what actually happened was <laughs> the mass robbers robbed the passengers and the strong box, but they were recognized by their voices and language. Oh, they were no. identified as Deputy Sheriff Pete Spence, an alias for Elliot Larkin Ferguson, okay. and Deputy Sheriff Frank Stilwell, oh. a business partner of Spence's. Okay. Stillwell was fired a short while later as a deputy sheriff for Sheriff Bahan for accounting irregularities. Right. Wyatt and Virg- Virgil Erp rode with the sheriff's posse to track the stage robbers, and Wyatt discovered an unusual boot heel print in the mud. Hmm. The posse checked with a shoemaker in Bisbee and found a matching heel that he had just removed from Stillwell's boot. The, a further check of the Bisbee corral turned up both Spence and Stillwell, who were arrested by Sheriff's deputy Billy Breckenridge and Nagel.
1: Okay, so... There's all kinds there's of weird shit going your on. corruption right there. Right, right. Well, Spence and Stilwell were arraigned on the robbery charges before Justice Will Spicer, who set their bail at $7,000 each, which is a lot of moolahs. It's like $400,000. Maybe like 50 Gs, but... About $40,000. Uh, they were released after paying the bail. Damn, I don't figure money.
0: <laughs>
2: uh...
1: But they were re-arrested by Virgil for the... Yeah, I remember that. They were rearrested by Virgil for the Bisbee robbery a month later on, on the 13th of October on the new federal charge of interfering with a, a mail carrier. So you can't do that. That's that's a fucking... I mean,
0: tampering, mail tampering and, has always
1: been a legal thing. That, that's a felony.
0: Yes. You can't own
1: guns anymore. Federal. Not only is it a felony, <clears> it's a federal. Federal offense. Federal offense. Well, the newspapers, however... However. We, however... The newspapers, however, reported that they had been arrested for a different stage robbery, which occurred on the eighth of October near Contention City, Arizona, less than two weeks before the OK Corral shootout. Well, well on this final incident, um, uh, on this final incident may have been misunderstood by the McAlores. so they're like, we might have been wrong. We don't know. Well, all right
0: They never said that. Well, it could have been. Well, they don't know at the time, though. Well,
1: they could have been wrong. We don't know.
0: Some, 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 some ain't
1: right. A lot of this shit ain't adding up. That's what the story's going to, right? Confusion, basically. Right, confusions. Well, events now move rapidly toward a final showdown. Ooh. They're like, you know what? <whistles> yep, we got to have a final showdown. <whistles> well, it's a final showdown. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Uh, <laughs> old Man Clanton was Uh-oh. shot and killed by a band of, of vacaroos. Vaquero. Vaqueros probably Mexicans during a rustling yeah. attempt below the border. Uh his eldest son Ike, whose rushed judgments would prove fatal,
0: took the family reign. He's like, so, I'm in charge now, motherfuckers so old, Ike, old Daddy Clanton is
1: gone. So Ike was like a fucking uh he was like a fucking so daddy was a uh, old man Clanton, he was he was you know, he was he 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 was uh
0: he, he, <laughs> he was a godfather.
1: Well he was he was uh patient he, he 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 thought through his shit well Ike he was one of those hot head t- 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 right hot head didn't think about shit just fucking did it and worried about the kind con- hey, he, 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 he fucking kicked ass took names later <clears throat> that's what Ike did
0: well he attempted to right well, also in the heat of the summer of 1881 a fire swept the business district of oh Houston, no and the citizens blamed marshal ben sippy for not controlling the looting that followed oh jeez hmm. Several auto zones were burned that day. <laughs> Virgil Earp, the senior deputy, was appointed a marshal, a move that antagonized the already hostile Clantons. And, of course, there was Josie, who continued to see Wyatt. Oh, damn While she did. made all effort to remain apart from the bad blood turning between the factions, the right. sight of her riled <laughs> Bayhan all over again. Obviously. Wyatt and Virgil were still out of town for the Spence and Stillwell hearing when Frank McClory confronted Morgan Earp, telling him no. that the McClory's would kill the Earps, if they tried to arrest Spence Stilwell, or the McLorys again.
1: These threats would lead up to infamous gunfire at the OK Corral. Murder charges being filed against the Earps and Holiday. Further attacks on the Earps and eventually the posse that set out on the Earps Vendetta ride.
0: Yes, sir. All that
1: and to more. Come. All that and a bag of
0: chips. All that to come in this series part two will so, be... Uh,
1: so what we learned so far is uh, I learned a lot about the ERPS and Wyatt that I did not know.
0: Specifically that he was a mini criminal criminal before I uh, became a lawman. I man. knew
1: he was a criminal before he was a, a lawman. And he was actually a criminal while a lawman, basically. I believe he was a criminal wanted to do right but still criminal. But not a fucking dirty criminal like the Cantons or
0: um, Bayhan or Bayhan or yeah, yeah. I mean, who says he wasn't dirty? He was, he was doing some. He was like embezzling money and shit at the beginning. So that's, that's was, pretty dirty stuff. Definitely
1: was, and 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 he fucking. Uh, uh, I mean, he was cheating on his uh, his wife and
0: common law wife.
1: His common law wife. And, common law wife. Let's get that straight. And fucking, uh, she had a big nose. Well, that was, well that was Doc's wife. Doc's wife. Well, Common law wife. He, he had a white. He had a friend with a big nose wife. And
0: a lot of the bad shit. Yeah, happened. A lot of fucking shit happened. And guys, this is only not even half of fucking Wyatt Earp's story. Like I said, it's a four part series. We
1: still got the shootout the OK Corral coming up, guys.
0: Which is going to be our.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, and there's a lot of bloodshed here, and I'm sorry, a lot of people that don't deserve to die are gonna die.
0: Yep. Next episode will be all about that OK Corral um, gunfight as well as immediate aftermath of that. Episode mm. three will be all mm. about the vendetta ride after, ensuing after the uh, OK Corral and all right. of the uh, should that happen after that. And then our final episode will be all about Earp's later years and all the shit that he did up until he died, because he died in, like, the 30s or something like that. that fucking was Earp lived forever.
1: Or lived to be at least 80-something. Yeah, he was
0: an old fucking guy. So that's part one of our Wyatt Earp series. Which makes sense,
1: because if you're going to see all that and do all that, you deserve to you die live out old. a fucking
0: long-ass fucking life to you, tell about it. Well, I'm saying you, know? you deserve to die in the living old and, and
1: to live yeah, as, that. As
0: the Wild West fucking uh, terms go, you deserve to die with your boots off.
1: Right. Well, he deserved to fucking live that old life to fucking live, that, live the memories of what you did for the rest of your life. So basically, I think he was suffering. I don't think it was great that he lived to be that old. I think he, he was punished. Why?
0: He did a lot of bad stuff in his life. A lot did, of bad stuff. Did he, though? He did. I mean, he killed a lot of people, yeah. He did a lot of bad That's stuff. That's for sure, but... That's
1: why he lived to be so old. That's why old people live... That's why a lot of old people live to be as old as they are because they did So they have of-
0: to fucking uh, live with that shit every day? Right, right. That's why it's better for people to uh, suffer and live with their thoughts in prison rather than well, you get know the what. Penalty.
1: There's a reason why there's always a saying: "Is the good die young."
0: Only the good die young. But yeah, that's episode one of our four-part series of Wyatt Earp outlaws and gunslingers. We got this. This this just told the story just, uh, about leading up to the most infamous part of fucking Wyatt. This Earp's told life. you.
1: This told you a roundabout story, not.
0: Well, this isn't even the full story. Yeah, this There's just so much sums sh- it up. other shit this is it's summed up. A summed this up This episode's still already nearing an hour and a half. Believe me, the next three episodes, or well, at least the next two for sure, is going to be a lot of fucking, a uh, lot of fucking bloodshed, a lot of fucking action. And we have not heard the last of happening. Big
1: Nose Kate. I don't think I've heard the last of Big Nose Kate.
0: We haven't. We haven't heard the last of. Uh, anybody in this story for that matter in part one anyways so make sure you tune in next week if you listen to this on time but oh, uh, geez. if you listen to this later go back and check out fucking the uh, part two, three, and four if you listen to this well in uh, afterwards after we release this. With that right. being said you can find us on mouthymichiganders.podbean.com with shows such as The Monday Night War Chalong, where we go back from the first episode of Nitro and watch the main events of Nitro and Raw from the uh, famous Monday Night War era, rank them, and and give our opinions on them. We also do a show called Debate 8, where we take eight random topics, doesn't matter what the topic is, we debate them, we uh, say why we agree or disagree, and then we move on to the next subject, and then we got our uh, world famous This Week in Rock Music History, where we go through the week. The current week that we are in, and we go through all the history and all the notable and great stuff that happened in classic rock, Definitely. and the most notably history. Like I said, mouthofmichiganders.podbean.com. For the outlaws and gunslingers, we are the mouthofmichiganders. Big Big day!